Wrestling's only modern-day Viking gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Blue Pants Bates, and you are listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mouth and founder of Global Force Wrestling, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, f- <laughs> fellas, uh, you guys have a great day, and, and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. See? Oh, my See? God. <laughs> That's <We're> a great... <laughs> we've, we've had 70-degree weather here. For, I mean, we really had a warm December, and I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. So. That's right, everybody. Even Jeff Jarrett is a fan of Turnbuckle Talk. My name is Carl Carafel. This is Turnbuckle Talk, episode 329. Tonight, we've got some talk about Grayson Waller. We have got some talk about changes to Madison Square Garden events, MLW news, Tyler Breeze making a return, Alex Kane, Jay White and Juice Robinson, new rules in Florida. And a new Joshi company? That's right. All that coming up here. Thank you, Ed. I appreciate you coming in. This is a solo stream and show tonight. Yes, it is time to talk about those turnbuckles with myself, Carl Carafel. Thank you, Ed, for coming by. I appreciate you, my friend. Anyone that comes in, please interact. Let's chat. Let's talk about some professional wrestling good evening 
to the platform of platforms going worldwide, our local establishment. Thank you. Grayson Waller is a name that a lot of people enjoy seeing. He is a person that a lot of people really have their eyes on, including Edge, who was on the Grayson Waller effect. He was joined by Edge, and despite his loss to the Rated R Superstar, Grayson Waller's efforts were acknowledged with a little rub after the match. What I find very interesting here is a statement that was issued by Grayson Waller on the heels of his performance. He decided to say that this biggest debut, that this is or was or will ever will be the biggest debut in Madison Square Garden since that bloke who wore the cringe tassels. If you're not sure who that is and who we're talking about, we're talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. But this being back in his days as Rocky Maivia, his first appearance elevated stakes. After joining in 1996, he got opportunities to wrestle on multiple pay-per-views um, that came, you know, which emanated from the New York venue of Madison Square Garden. Eight-person elimination style Survivor Series match alongside some of the greatest names. While he was a rookie, he was the sole survivor, last eliminating crushing gold dust to gain the victory for his team. Do we think that this is too bold of a statement by Grayson Waller, or is this just good for his persona and his ego? Personally, the flamboyantness of this man is testament enough to say that he can be on the level of a Rocky Maivia. Maybe not on the level of The Rock, but on the level of a Rocky Maivia. Great showing, even though he lost. It was a great showing, and I'm very excited for what we are going to continue to see from Grayson Waller. We're going to stick with the Madison Square Garden talk here for a couple of minutes. The WWE is considering making changes to the Madison Square Garden events that are happening. So, we did see them return to MSG for SmackDown, like we just talked about it. We saw that the WWE announcing that this SmackDown was the highest grossing WWE event ever at Madison Square Garden and the highest grossing domestic SmackDown in the company's history. With all of that, it is being reported that they're looking into the possibility of minimizing their stage setup in order to maximize the actual seating capacity of Madison Square Garden. WWE is considering returning with a much smaller stage. But that's only going to depend 
on really ticket sales, early ticket sales. According to WrestleTix, Friday's SmackDown generated a near sellout crowd with over 13,500 tickets being sold. Now, I think that a big part of that, of that uh, 13,500 has to do with the amazing story that we've got right now with the bloodline. We had Jay Uso calling out the tribal chief in the fallout of tribal court. We've got, you know, Edge was on the show. Grayson Waller was on the show. Everything that happened between the two of them, we knew was going to be really good. So I'm not 100% sure that this was all just because it's at Madison Square Garden. I could be wrong. Hopefully, ticket sales for the next show at MSG will show us that this was correct. We're going to talk some MLW news right now. MLW coming off of the heels of an amazing pay-per-view that uh, really opened up the eyes for a lot of fans of professional wrestling who were not maybe necessarily fans of MLW or even knew about MLW at the time. They usually fly under the radar with the majority of professional wrestling fans in North America. The company itself is 21 years old. Recently, it's kind of been in the news in a negative light because of a lawsuit uh, going on with the WWE. But it doesn't mean that they are putting on bad shows. What's really great is that, uh, you know, MLW's Never Say Die at the 23 Arena partnered with Fight Plus. And we're now finding out that at least four more special events will happen on Fight Plus as well. At least four more. Depending on how things go with Fight Plus and numbers for MLW, we could see that rise and have more happening. The first of these events is set uh, for a couple months from now when the fifth MLW Fury Road event takes place on September the 3rd. This will begin a four-month stretch of live shows for MLW on Fight Plus and will be a continuation of the Fury Road series of events for the company which I think is just absolutely amazing. Ed, you're right. Yay, more MLW, especially the new MLW champion. We will be talking about that 100% for sure. MLW is entering into their, or entering their four upcoming Fight Plus special events with some different championship situations in comparison to uh, their recent run of shows. We will talk a little bit about Alex Kane and uh, Hammerstone and the MLW championship. But 
I think this is very, very good for MLW to be able to get their name out there, to be able to have people afford a pay-per-view at a smaller price. If you subscribe to Fight Plus, you're getting these shows for minimal price, and it is absolutely fantastic considering pay-per-view is normally anywhere from $60 to $90 just for a show. Whether you want standard definition or high definition, great opportunity for MLW, and I am very interested to see how much further all of this goes. We'll stick with MLW for a moment here. Alex Kane, just like you said there, Ed, the new MLW champion dethroning Alex Hammerstone's over 600-day reign as the MLW World Heavyweight Champion. Unbelievable. Something that we really didn't think was going to happen, and especially for the way that it happened. If you've watched MLW or watched anything from Alex Hammerstone, you know that this man is a brute. But Alex Kane won this matchup when he forced Hammerstone to tap out. Which is very interesting. I would have figured that he that he would have maybe knocked him out to the point where he couldn't compete anymore to win. Uh, maybe a somehow pin to win, but never did I expect it to be a tap out from Hammerstone. Basser, thank you so much for popping in. I really appreciate you. He says, how's my man Carl doing this evening? I am doing very, very well. I am. I got no complaints. I am good. This is going to be a quicker episode of Turnbuckle Talk here tonight. Because I am solo. I'm running solo once again here. But it's all good. I'm very excited to see where things go and how much further the progression goes for Alex Kane. Yes, Alex Kane, that same Alex Kane that, yes, you have seen and heard on Busting Out, an OLE original program on Sundays. If you haven't seen it, go back, check it out. You can see Alex Kane with us here at our local establishment before winning this championship. And who knows? I make no guarantees. But we might be able to see him again as champion on our local establishment's network somewhere, somehow. One of my guys, Jay White. Ed, cover your ears. Because I know, I know you're not going to want to hear this. Just cover your ears. Jay White and Juice Robinson become the number one contenders to FTR's AEW tag team titles. This happened on Collision. 
Jay White and Juice have become the number one contenders following an intense match with FTR on Collision. And the match is set for next week's Collision. Next week's championship match is actually going to be a two out of three falls matchup. My question right now is what happened to the wins and loss record? What happened to using those stats for the next champion or for the next challengers? Has that now seemingly gone out the window with AEW? Or is this just a pick and choose type of situation? Now, I know that, you know, White and Robinson have really been doing some good stuff inside of AEW. But what does that mean when it comes to the guns, when it comes to um, the super kick party, the young bucks. What does it mean for any of the other teams that are there? Are they just forgotten? Do the stats that are there not matter for them? It's weird. I'm just not understanding how these guys came in and I'm a Jay White fan. I've been a Jay White fan since the beginning. But how are these guys now able to just come in very recently and build up enough to be able to take on the tag team champions for the championships in a two out of three falls match? I don't get it. Am I excited for it? You're damn right. And I am really looking forward to seeing this at some point when it happens. I'm looking forward to it. There's a new rule that's going to be coming into place with the WWE. When it comes to shows that they do in Florida. Now we do know that the Performance Center is in Florida. We do know that they run a lot of shows in Florida. And this new rule is coming in response to Florida's permitless carry law when it comes to firearms. The governor, Ron DeSantis, signed a bill into law that would allow Florida residents to carry concealed firearms without a permit. Background checks are still required for the purchase of a firearm, but the law does not require additional training or background check that it previously did to be considered for a concealed carry permit. This went into effect July 1st, literally 10 days ago. The WWE, like many other companies, have enacted their own rule prohibiting all weapons, concealed or not, for any of its events across the state, including the Performance Center. This already is kind of safety protocol that is overlapping other places that are doing the same thing and other things that they actually have in place as well. 
some of the different venues uh, are like the FLA Live Arena, uh, the Kaseya Center, the Amway Center, the Hard Rock Stadium. These are all places um, and facilities the WWE has run shows in before in the past. Each one of them have their own rules when it comes to prohibited weapons coming into those. But the 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 little the little uh oh with all of this is that the law does allow for one's vehicle in the parking lot to be an extension of their ability to actually carry that firearm. They could try to bring it into the arena. They will be turned around, told to put it into their vehicle, and then they can come back and be allowed in. There will be no options for checking it for retrieval later. Just as one would check their coat when going to a you know fancy restaurant or a fancy gathering, you would check your coat. You know, you get your little number. It's right there. They're going to give it to you. And then you got to go back afterwards and wait 25 minutes for them to search for your number and find your coat. That is not going to be happening with the firearms. Literally, it's going to be you have a firearm. You have a weapon, weapon, any weapon. You put that in your vehicle before you come in here. And they're going to continue to check every time people exit and enter the building. So it's a very, very good thing that's happened. I am all for it. And I think it's just going to be something that is definitely going to keep everybody safe, which is exactly what we want at professional wrestling events. I told you that this was going to be a shorter episode, and it definitely is. We're going to get to our quick commercials here before we get to our final topic of the night. consideration paid for by the following wrestling a love and a passion we all share i've started a wrestling brand the wrestling brand a brand founded on the aspects of wrestling two entities working together to create a product that connect emotionally for people everywhere collar and elbow is the brand passion and love for wrestling is the drive i am al snow And this is Collar and Elbow, the wrestling brand. The official Turnbuckle Studio shop is open. Official merchandise from 
all the favorite shows, plus merchandise you can only find here. Stuff from Turnbuckle Studios, Carl Carafel Unboxes, The Boar's Nest with Bubba Duke, miscellaneous products that you can only find here, Beats and Beat Downs, and Turnbuckle Talk. Find all this merchandise exclusively at carlcarafel.redbubble.com. Thank you so much for coming back and joining me here on this edition of Turnbuckle Talk, episode number 329. My name is Carl Carafel. The episode today entitled American Joshi. If you are watching this, you will see the graphic up on the screen right now. If you were listening to this, find the video at some point. Check out the YouTube channel, Turnbuckle Studios on YouTube. Look for the episode American Joshi and give it a like. Give the the, uh, YouTube channel a follow. Ring that bell so that you're notified every time we drop an episode or that we're going live. Joshi Wrestling. For those who may not understand or know what it is, is a Japanese women's wrestling brand. Joshi. Joshi Wrestling. So now a brand new Japanese women's wrestling promotion is reportedly set to launch in the United States of America. The new promotion's roster will feature only Japanese-based wrestlers, many of whom have worked already for existing Japanese promotions, but will be running their own events in the United States. The report did not specify if the talents will arrive from promotions such as Stardom or TJPW, or if they would be recruits from the Indies. At this point, we don't know. The promotion has already booked a September date in New York City for its debut. But other than that, no further details on the debut were actually shared. So, how is this company planning to carve its way into the American market? The promotion decides that it's going to focus on high-end production values beyond just the in-ring wrestling. In order to create a different atmosphere that resonates with people who really don't watch New Japan or haven't seen Japanese female wrestling, they want to create something just a little bit different for them. The idea is still to feature Joshi Wrestling. And it intends to reach larger audiences beyond just the pro wrestling audience. Investors backing the promotion have invested significant resources and enlisted notable names from the world of entertainment, pro wrestling, media, and fashion for its front office. Currently, for anyone that wants to see Joshi Wrestling in the United States, they got to use services such as like Stardom World or Wrestle Universe to get their Japanese wrestling fix. 
Stardom wrestlers have been regularly featured on New Japan professional wrestling events as well, following Bushi Road's acquisition of the Joshi Company. Last November, New Japan and Stardom made history by teaming to host a joint event, giving Joshi Wrestling a significant shot in the arm that it definitely deserves. So now, it's going to be very interesting to see if this new United States-based promotion can capitalize on the rising popularity of this genre of professional wrestling and take them to new heights by allowing more people to see the amazing stop that comes from Joshi Wrestling. I want to give a huge thank you to our friends over at realwrestling.net. Yes, they are a UK-based promotion, which now means that Turnbuckle Talk is international as they feature Turnbuckle Talk on a weekly basis. Thank you to realwrestling.net. Make sure you guys are going and checking them out. And if you guys are a fan of comic books, Funko Pops, collectibles, toys, games, anything of that sort, make sure that you're checking out our friends at Invasion Comics and Collectibles at invasioncnc.ca. While you're there, use the secure website and have your items shipped directly to you. There is a plethora of items that are available there for you to take a look through at invasioncnc.ca. Dr. Pepper has never failed me. Dr. Pepper needs to sponsor this program because if you tap into my veins, you're not getting blood. You're getting Dr. Pepper. Remember, everyone. The world's a scary place. Take care of each other.